Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are giving you our top 10 most talented teams in all of college football when it comes to 2023 NFL draft talent. We're going to go down the list, go from 10 to 1, give you our top teams, each from myself and from Connor. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to go through the college football schedule and give you some NFL draft matchups that you guys have to have circled every single week. Certain teams travel into certain parts of the country, whether it's in conference, out of conference, whatever. These are the games that you've got to have circled because you're not only going to watch them once live for the entertainment, you're going to go back and you're going to watch these exact games for these prospects as you get into your scouting uh, heading into the offseason. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Today, we've got a treat for you. Today, we're getting you hyped about the college football season and the beginning of what would be draft season as well by giving you our top 10 most talented teams in the country, college football, looking at the NFL draft talent that they have for 2023. And then we're also going to go down the college football schedule and give you guys some matchups every single week that you want to look out for that has some of the best NFL draft talent going heads up against each other. Because Connor, you do this. I know I do this. A lot of people do this. When we go to watch these players for final evaluations, we are looking at what they did against the best competition. That's what we're looking at. So we're going to preview a little bit of that, make sure that you guys have that on your radar. But uh, this is good, man. Finally getting hyped up about it, hyped out about the schedule. I'm excited. Oh, it's awesome, man. I'm already diving into the the terrible or the best week zero spreads, looking at it. We got late night Hawaii. Don't we got all kinds for, of don't good be a, stuff. Don't be a week zero hater. Don't week zero is uh, don't do this. Don't it's be a nice guy. appetizer. It's okay, a good appetizer. Right. I like my worst of wars, if you will. My best week zero memory is a couple of years ago i was in vegas for way too long for work i wasn't there like oh i'm in vegas for way too long on purpose i was literally in vegas i think for nine days in a row for work it's uh one of my most remarkable it's too accomplishments long to be in vegas of life it's that too i too long I to lived. be in vegas and it was week zero and i had a flight late that night and we were in the sports book at caesars and uh your gators were playing i believe miami I feel like this was a game where like Jabari Zuniga had like three sacks or something. Um, it's really weird memories, but I just remember maybe Miami. Maybe they. I want to say this is a couple of years ago now, pre-pandemic, and I just remember getting uh, a little buzz on in the book and getting carried away <laughs> with the game, and I realized that I had to sprint to get to the airport. Like I just called the car. <laughs> Get in the airport, run through the airport, and get the hell. And I've been there so long, I was dying to go home. And then I like, and you got were lost. almost late. <laughs> I got lost in week zero, and I'm like, holy shit, I have to fly home. I'm I'm in the sports book. I've been having tequila. I need to get out of here. So that's, that's my only like notable week zero, zero memory of my life. That's what college football does to you. It just does. like, it, like it, football. If, if you're especially those those early weeks, man, yeah. you sit down on the couch and you, like wh- honestly, whether it's week zero, week one, whatever it is. If you're a college football fan out there, you sprint from the bed to the couch at 10 a.m. to mm-hmm. listen to game day come on, and then you just sit there, and all of a sudden you go, oh, damn, it's 6.15 p.m., and you're just like, what What have I been doing? I haven't eaten today. I've only drank Miller Lights, you know? Yep. So it's, it, it's just, Dude, it happens, man. It happens. My favorite moment of the year, and this is no exaggeration, like I value this even over Christmas, which is sacred, my favorite moment of the year is the first Saturday, and I live in the Northeast for anyone that doesn't know that. First Saturday of the year that you can open the windows oh, with the cool fall air brother. and have game day on with the iced coffee. It is, it's my favorite day of the year, whenever it arrives. Sometimes it's mid-September, first week of October, whatever it is, that first Saturday with the windows open with college game day on with an iced coffee is the best day of the year. You are you are so beyond right. I grew up in Florida, so it took us a little bit longer in the calendar January. to find <laughs> that, that literally date. Christmas. But like you know, when uh, I'll tell you actually when that rolls around, and this is kind of sad. Rivalry week at the okay. end, at very end of the season, you know that all of these big matchups are, are are going up against each other, and often by the time we get to the end of November, because that is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm usually home visiting family. Yeah. We usually got the windows open. It's post Thanksgiving. You're eating leftovers. It's rivalry week. So honestly, that's the week for me. For you, it's probably like 
week three dude literally <laughs> usually it's I'm it's jealous. usually l- usually the last weekend of september if i remember correctly and it's the best time of the year undoubtedly i'm, I'm very jealous well we're going to get into what we believe are the top 10 most talented teams in college football this season when it comes to an NFL draft perspective, yes. we've got a lot of notes from summer scouting that we kind of have organized this way into a top 10 teams. And then we're going to give you guys some good schedule. But uh, before we get to that, I got to talk to all the, the young men out there, gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold, everything. Gold is just the standard. It's what you want to hit. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile, walks with the confidence of an Eagle giggles in the face of danger. He is a big, hairless winning machine and when he unzips his pants he sees go no he sees platinum that is right manscaped would like to introduce to you their best and biggest hygiene bundle yet the platinum package 4.0 manscaped is the leader in below the waist grooming now you can trust them with the whole shebang join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping if you use the promo code nflse i've said it before but if you love this podcast if you want to support this podcast if you're ever thinking about ordering the platinum package now's the time to do so you get some percent off you help the podcast out with that promo code manscaped's brand new platinum package 4.0 is the biggest bundle that they have ever offered giving you a bulk discount on their top items 20% 20% off free shipping with that promo code NFLSE at manscaped.com. Use the promo code PFF. It's time that you enjoy the fire things in life. Get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Connor, I actually have to do one thing before we get into our, our, our rankings here. Did you happen to see my tweet about Thursday night football music? Did no, I'm, I'm going to open. I'm on your okay, uh, I'm on your timeline go, right now. Go to my profile and yep, I'm here. We're doing this because I don't know if Amazon is going to uh, bomb my Twitter account and ban me by the time you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> maybe they will have banned Haven't you me. lost an account already. I have lost an account. Yes, <laughs> I which, live in fear the rest <laughs> of my life. Story for another day. Hey, you got <laughs> you got to live on the edge, Connor. You got to live on the edge. All right. OK, click the tweet and listen okay, I'm on it. Just listen to the music. I I just need to know. Let me play it out loud. Do do you recognize this music? Yeah, Jurassic Park. Thank. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so many people. That's insane. By the way, dude. So many people do not. This is a great tweet. So many people do not recognize the song. That's and, and they're they're like they're, they're they're like they're like what is this music like this is terrible music like how could they come up with this or they're like or they're actually some people are saying this is giving off major like Disney or theme park vibes it's because it is dude okay number one it, this is amazing that this is like iconic I mean you're obviously a big Jurassic Park guy I, I'm a big Jurassic Park guy I, I, yes yeah I know um, Jurassic Park out here yeah we're, we're we're big fans and both the originals of course I only saw the first new one but it was amazing it was incredible so anyways I'm just dying laughing at the replies Dude, to it, this already I had to bring it up on this show because all morning I even said to my fiance I said to Alyssa I was like am I losing my mind there's so many people who don't recognize. I thought that this music was going to be so painfully obvious that that was going to be the joke. The joke turns out to be there are so many people don't who, know it. who don't know the Jurassic Park theme song. People think it's Red Zone. People think it's like multiple people in the chat. Two people. I, well, one person I know, Steven Zantz, shout out to Zantz, uh, Hoboken local. But okay. and then the response to him is from our friend who shout out to block he's getting married this week says oh, sounds you. like jurassic park <laughs> that's because it is it is but i just can't park. so many people are, are uh, unsure they, they don't know this yeah. is some disney princess what I'm are losing. we old dude i i I truly thought the Jurassic Park theme music was so universally recognizable that that the was Olympics. going to be the funny part of the tweet. Yeah, I, I swear, like, me and Trevor didn't play. This is a complete surprise part of the show. I didn't look at, like, that music, it took me three seconds. What is it, Hurdle people do now? You got to, like, guess the song and know it in three seconds. Oh, my God, is that um, a thing? Yeah, Hurdle? yeah, yeah. It's a oh thing. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Mercy. That, I mean, 
This is a great idea, by the way. I Thanks, am praying it. for your account, either Jurassic Park or Amazon, or both yeah, of them so are going to combine powers to come after you. But... By the time you, uh, by the time you listen to this uh, podcast episode, then um, my account might be banned. I don't know. The next time you hear from me might be Monday's podcast because I might be a, a Twitter outlaw once again. But I just <laughs> look, dude. I just had to freak out about that. I just had to freak out about it. I'm couldn't believe it. I I'm stunned couldn't right believe. now. All right, let's all right, let's get to it. Let's go uh let's go classic summer scouting methodology here. We will go from number 10 all the way to number 1. We'll talk about our top 10 most talented teams in the country and you know you and I chit-chatted a little bit before we hit the record button, but it's hard to really put a numerical value to all these teams. They're more in tiers than anything else. And so this is really just kind of an excuse for us to talk about some of the most talented teams in the country. So uh, don't kill us too bad when the rankings officially get tweeted out. It's more of probably in buckets, which we'll talk about throughout the show. But I'm curious, who do you have at number 10? And then maybe some teams that were right around there that uh, that didn't make that 10 list. So I really struggle with this one. And, and you reminded me of one before we got on that – that's in the mix for me it was down to three teams right it was iowa with sam laporta jack campbell justin jacobs who i think makes a massive jump this year and riley moss yeah um the one you reminded me of which is maryland i'm probably the highest on two of their players out of anybody that does this in both rakim jarrett and uh durrell and chami but they also have jalen duncan who is pretty high in, in the scouting world's eyes at, at uh tackle right now expect to be a tackle but right. number 10 for me, Trevor, uh, is Utah, actually. It is Utah. Oh, you did get Utah in there. Okay. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get Utah in there, but. Yep. It, it's it's hard, right? Like, South Carolina was on, on the edge here. A couple other ones I don't want to give away for the sake of the show. Utah for me, Dalton Kincaid, great pass-catching tight end. Right, yeah. Um, I love their secondary. I'm very, very high on Clark Phillips the third. I think to Travis Broughton, if he comes back healthy, can have a really nice year. They got Braden Daniels on the offensive line. I look at Utah and just think this is going to be a unit that plays really well together. And these guys, because of that, are going to have a pretty big jump, as we saw with their players over the last two years in the draft. So for me, it was Utah. Yeah, so I mean, Utah is one of those teams where – they did not make my top 10. I certainly thought about them. Uh, Kincaid and Phillips are the two that, that would headline it. But even with those two dudes there, like I, I, I'm not, I, I love Phillips. I think he's a hell of a college football player. I don't, he wasn't super high in my cornerback rankings. So he was a little bit lower for me anyways. Kincaid, I liked, but tight end, how much of a difference maker is he there? And then, you know, you get kind of past that. And you mentioned a couple of names. Some other guys, Cam Rising is their quarterback, who I know they're expecting big things from. Um, Muhammad Diabate, who played at University of Florida. Now he's going to play at Utah. They have which, a good roster. Which is interesting because, obviously, they play Florida to uh, to start the season. So might have been a little inside job there, a little double agenting in the transfer portal to get him, And uh, even though it's new coaching staff. So I'm obviously kind of just kidding. But they, they missed out on my list. I didn't have them in my top 10. You mentioned Maryland. Maryland also just outside my top 10. Dante Demas, um, Rakeem Jarrett, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, I guess we got to talk about as well because he had a really good start to the year last year. Yeah. I, I didn't, he did not finish nearly as well as he started, but he played well for a portion of the year. Maybe you put it together for a full year. Um, we'll have to see. Number 10 for me was Iowa. It was a team nice. that you mentioned there. Yeah, I like them a lot. I actually initially had Iowa on the outside because when you look at their big difference maker players, it's a tight end, it's linebackers. And I was like, ah, like, okay. Like I'm not, it's not like I feel like I have to put this team in the top 10, but the more I thought about it, I was like, all right, we've got Laporta close to her within our top 50. Same with Jack Campbell. You like Justin Jacobs a lot. Yeah. We've got Riley Moss right around there. So all of a sudden we're talking about at least four players who arguably have a spot in our top 75 top 60 even depending on how you like these players if you like them a little bit more and so with that i just think that that concentration of talent top 75 i mean you're obviously talking about uh, first three rounds of the nfl draft you got four guys that are going within the first three rounds obviously it's incredible that's, accomplishment it's a hell of a, a crop right there even if they were all four top 100 guys i think that that's a really great job for iowa so i had them at number 10 i wanted to give a shout out to Auburn, who I also maybe thought about getting at number 10. They're two defensive ends. You got Colby Wooden. You got Derek Hall. Those are the two guys who I think are going to headline what Auburn has. A lot of people like Tank Bigsby a lot. When we did our 
running back scouting yeah. episode, people were kind of like, where is Tank Bigsby? Super talented player. I just think that he's got to really string it all him. together. Yeah. Um, for him to really be a, a difference maker in this running back class because he's so deep and so talented. You mentioned Papo and your linebacker rankings who cracked your top five. So Auburn's got a good group as well, but I didn't put him in the top 10 because I, I had Iowa edge him out, so I got Iowa at number 10. I like it. I'm glad that we got both Iowa and Utah on this show. For me, number nine is LSU. Um, LSU has a lot of talent that can make a big rise. Keishon Butte is somebody that would it shock anybody if he makes himself into a top 10 pick with the kind of explosive acceleration he has at the position? Right. Absolutely not. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. B.J. Ojolari should have a really big year rushing the passer. He plays with two other guys that are going to get drafted probably in the top 100, especially Jaqueline Roy, who could go in the top 50, but also Allie Gay, who I haven't been as high on as some people seem to be. He did return back to school, so maybe he didn't get the grade from the NFL advisory board that he wanted, but he's still a good player, right? So it just goes to show you the talent they have on that defensive front and just a insane vertical threat or catch and run threat in Keishon Butte. And, you know, it's crazy, Trev, to think this is a team that at one point, Arik Gilbert and Eli Ricks could have been in this conversation as right. well. So LSU, right. LSU recruits NFL talent every single yeah, year. Yeah, LSU's a little bit higher on my list. Um and I'll get to them in a second. We, we won't spend too much time on it because you did. You highlighted a lot of the guys there. Number nine for me is Michigan. And Michigan, I think, is is pretty loaded. I don't think there's I don't think there's this like jump out at you star like David Ojabo or like Aiden Hutchinson was even going into last season. But Mazzy Smith, who's a defensive tackle, was number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list. You got to make sure you make note of him. DJ Turner, the cornerback there. Uh, he was on the freak list as well. Somebody that you got to watch. Blake Corum, their running back, is somebody I'm expecting big things from in that offensive X factor role. Their tight end, Eric All, is somebody to watch. Yep. Uh, Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver, coming back from that ACL injury that took his season last year. On the offensive line, you got Ryan Hayes, you got Zach yep. Zinter. Those are two guys who headline one of the best offensive lines in college football. So all of a sudden, you start listing off that many names and you go, all right maybe not any first rounders, but certainly a lot of guys, they're going to lit, lit, lit her. There we go. The mid rounds of, uh, of what could be their 2023 NFL draft class. So how to get Michigan there at number nine for me. Yeah. I had them at eight. So I'll pinball this back to <laughs> you. That. Yeah. I had Michigan at eight and it was the same exact players you had uh, written down that I wrote down. You know, obviously I'm really high on RJ Moten. I think that, that level oh, yeah, of athlete, I didn't even write Moten down too. Yeah, yeah Mo Moten's my favorite prospect on their entire team just because I think that, man, he's focusing on football now. This dude should have been taken in the MLB draft in 2020, as I've said before. And now that he's all in on football, you see the flashes on film as a, you know, a thumping downhill safety, but is athletic enough to actual, actually cover as well. Uh, I think he has a lot of promise. But the guy, Eric All, is very, very underrated at tight end. He has some mm -hmm. highlight reel blocks that, you know, are, are really incredible, can dictate the run game. And guy Blake Corm that you really like running behind him helps. I so, love Blake Corm, and, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm trying really hard to temper my love for Blake Corum because – this is a good team, man. I think it's a really he, good team. I think he could really wow some people this year. It's a good team. It's a veteran team in a lot of key areas. So, yeah, so Michigan was at eight for me. They're at nine for you. Who'd you have at eight? Uh, I have Notre Dame at eight. Um, okay. This is a team that, you know, they've got Michael Mayer, who has a good chance to be tight end one in this class. And there's a lot of people who had him as a top 10 prospect. You have him in your top 10, right? In, yes, uh, I do. You've got him in the top 10, so obviously a top 10 talent there. I have a seven. Um, that's definitely something that'll boost your your stock overall. They also have Isaiah Foskey, a, a, apparently one of the most underrated prospects of this show now because I had him in the top 10. You didn't even have him in the top 50. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't want, I don't want to kill Foskey because he's a really good player. I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to say yeah, anything. I'm, I'm sitting this one out. So we got Isaiah Foskey and we've got Michael Mayer. Those are two players who – uh, both of them were in my top 20. Mayor was in your top 10, so they're headlining that. Jared Patterson, a really solid interior offensive line prospect. Brandon Joseph, you know, it's a safety that I think both of us, when we watched him, we were a little bit disappointed. Not sure he's got the overall athleticism to be a major difference-making free safety type of a player, but still a good football player. And so that's somebody that you 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 would factor into their class as well. So 
they've got two guys to, to headline it at the very top, but uh, that's kind of what really Foskey and Mayer are what made Notre Dame. I had to put them in the top 10, and I got them at number eight. Yeah, they're coming up for me. Another program that's just loaded with talent. Um, okay, so we are on number seven now, correct? Yes. yes. Michigan was eight. Yes. Notre Dame was eight for you. Yes. Uh, number seven for me, and this is one of those ones that at the end of the season, they could look like they should have been in the top five, and that's your Florida Gators. I think mm. that, I mean, they are just, they have three guys that, could all go hypothetically in the first round, I, I think. But right now, they're kind of all expected to make big jumps. We need to see it. I, I like Anthony Richardson a lot, and you know this. He's I have extremely him extremely talented. Top forty-five. Yeah. I, the tools, talent, talented is the perfect way Listen, to put it. Whenever Anthony Richardson gets to the NFL, whether he's a first-round prospect or whether he's an undrafted free agent, I will not play with any other quarterback in Madden. Other than my guy, Gator great Anthony Richardson. Got he's got the Madden skill set that I love coming from the alma mater. Yep. That's just that's the way that I would put it. Anthony Richardson is no matter where this dude gets drafted, I'm not playing with anybody else at quarterback when I do a franchise draft. Osiris Torrance, transfer player, but already a really good player. Mm -hmm. Not your typical transfer of like, hey, I gotta go figure it out here. It was the transfer of, hey, I'm going with my coach and I'm gonna go to a bigger program and I'm gonna continue to dominate, especially in the run game. And then uh, Jervin Dexter. It's so I just, I listened to the pronunciation, but he said it really, really quick. It is Jervin Dexter, right? I thought it was I thought it was like a harder G. I thought it was Gervin Dexter. So but maybe it's a J. Maybe Florida. It's... Shout out to Florida for doing this. Okay. On their school website, I'd not seen this anywhere else yet. Florida has a tab on the player profile that says pronunciation, and you click it, Beautiful. and it directs you to a Dropbox where they had all of the players say their names on a Dropbox audio file. It's beautiful. But Jervin says his name very quickly, but it, it does sound like Jervin. So for the oh, sake of that, we'll go with Jervin Dexter. Yogging. Either way, dude, those that those big Dug. three to me, and I know you know this team you know better than anyone, but those big three to me deserve to be number seven and because – all three of them have first-round tools. Now, Osiris Torrance, because of where he plays in the interior offensive line, he probably won't go in the first round. And, you know, German right. Dexter does need to have a little more consistency in his game defensively, but it's there. Anthony Richardson could explode, and that would surprise no one. Yeah, I. you say they absolutely deserve to be seven. Uh, I, I think they deserve to be a tad higher. So I'll get yeah. to them in a second. I told you that I was going to get to LSU. LSU is my number seven team. So I'm a little bit higher on LSU as well. You, you talked about the guys, Keishon Butte, BJ Ojolari, Jaqueline Roy, Ali Gay. And then they've got Noah Kane as well, who came over from Penn state seven banks who came over from uh, Ohio state. Both of those guys, highly touted recruits. There was lots of expectations for them when they were at their old schools, maybe a new spot. They're going to be able to, get a little bit more out of their talent before they left their old places. So I just think that there's certainly names to know there that we've been talking about in NFL draft circles for, for a while now. They also have Mike Jones at linebacker. So dude, uh, plenty of, plenty of Mike NFL who? talent. Yeah, exactly. Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. Um, I, they just, they've, they've got a lot of talent. LSU always does. You mentioned it there. They could have had Eli Ricks and Reed Gilbert as well, which would have put them a lot higher on this list, but that's why I had to have them at number seven. Um, SEC bias, baby. I got him at number seven there. Who's your number six team? Six for me is a team you already went through, and that is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Obviously, Michael Mayer for me is a top 10 prospect. I think he's a complete tight end. He's just a no-brainer kind of player. That He's one of those guys like Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. He could be playing in the NFL today, and he'd, he'd be just fine. But they have other talent than that. It, obviously, you like Foskey a lot, um, and and he is a really good player. He's a high floor player to me right now because of the power he plays with. Jarrett Patterson, their center, who's played a lot of football there, tons of experience. Uh, Cam Hart, the big corner, he's like over six foot two, a corner with length. Brandon Joseph was our number five safety, the both of us. So the Fighting Irish have high end talent, and then also a lot of day two talent. That's a lot of them are pro ready. I'll say that about them. They're good. Foskey and Mayer. Uh, that that highlights it entirely for me. Obviously, with them being at number eight, a little bit higher for you. Number six for me is Texas A&M, um, and I feel like Texas A&M is going to be a little bit higher. They're for five you, for if me. I'm doing the math. 
Yeah. Okay, if I'm doing the math correctly, Antonio Johnson, uh, a player that we absolutely love, versatile safety. They just don't make him like Antonio Johnson with his size, speed, strength combination. What he's able to do as a nickel defender, as a strong safety type, you could basically put him anywhere. And I think that he has got the talent to be able to do whatever you want. That's why he was a uh, top seven player on our big board that we released last Monday. They've got Devin Chain, who love the love the long speed obviously one of the fastest players in college football you're a little bit higher on what he's able to do i kind of saw the speed as a little bit one-dimensional but you can't teach it right that's the that's the age-old motto is that uh is that you can't teach speed so when you're as fast as Devin a chain you've got to pay attention to him at all times um they have Anaya Smith as well, another big playmaker there. Layden Robinson, who is the interior offensive lineman, who you absolutely love, the guy that we got in our top 50 when we did our show's top 50 this past Monday going into the season. So a lot of really great talent at Texas A&M. And then there's, I think, a handful of other guys that are throughout that lineup that you just know Texas A&M recruits so well. They, they have such a high athletic ceiling on both sides of the ball. You never know if there's going to be a player who really pops out to you uh, from Texas A&M. So even with the, the guys that we know, the guys that the talent we've seen, and even me trusting that Jimbo has got some hidden talent that might pop out yeah. at some point this year. I just think that Texas A&M, like Florida, like LSU, these SEC hotbed teams that are always in the top 10 of recruiting, they've just got so much talent within them. So that's why I had to put them in. Yeah, the way they recruit, they're poised to have multiple players break out and enter this show. But right now, for me, why I had them at five was Antonio Johnson, for me, was a top 10 player on my big board at number nine. Uh, then you get to Devon A. Chain, who's 25th on the board. Yeah, so obviously a player I really value. And Leighton Robinson was 26. So they had three players on my top 50 but all three of them were in the top 30. And, and that alone, that level of borderline first round talent for the other two guys, and then a no brainer first rounder and Antonio Johnson uh, made them number five for me. So they're going to, they're going to be a tough out in the sec, man. They are for real. And they are a mix of young talent. Like I said, that could break out, but those three guys is your foundation. I mean, th those three guys can be superstars at their own positions. Yep. All right, we'll round out the top five. I'll get to my five and then the rest of the teams that we have in there. But before we get to that, you got to get ready for NFL's week one action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. If you bet just $5 on any football game, you get $200 in free bets instantly. Now everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion here if you bet five dollars on any game with DraftKings Sportsbook get up to seven you win bet on any NFL team of your choice and if your team takes the lead by seven points at all during the game you get paid instant just right off the bat even if your team loses which is uh crazy if you just think of the team's gonna start out hot uh DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings Sports app now Use the promo code PFF to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For terms and resources, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-N. E-N-Y or H-O-P-E-N-Y. Uh, one per customer, minimum $5 deposit and wager $200 issued as 825 free bets. That's how you get the, uh, the, the $200 there. But great deal from DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're brand new to betting, sign up, use the promo code, throw the $5 out there, and then you get to play uh, with the rest of the money there. So it's a really good opportunity, really good deal there, uh, even if you're brand new to betting. Number five for me. As getting long as back you're not to Calvin the Ridley. Oh, no comment there. <laughs> uh, I hate it. No, Let me just say that we all hate it. We all justice hate it. for Calvin. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? He's like betting on his Dude, own. He made team a parlay, on, parlay on the Falcons while he was out. It's ridiculous. He bet on his own team it's while ridiculous. he was out. And he got it's not like he was on the field throwing a game. Just, uh, just, have just. What? Okay, whatever. Sorry. Number five for me. We digress, truly, as a society. Uh, Florida is at number five. You had them at number seven, I think. Anthony Richardson uh, could end up being a first-round quarterback. Uh, Jervin Dexter, soft J, or soft G, could end up being a first-round defensive lineman. Osiris Torrance could end up being a first-round interior offensive lineman. Outside of them, 
They've got really great veterans like Brenton Cox Jr., who we've talked about for a couple of years in NFL draft. I forgot guy. about Brenton when I he brought is them still up. There. I, he's still there. Man, so he, he's had some big flashes. Just needs ah, he's a frustrating player. I'll the say defense that. has not been good enough uh, over the last couple of years. And yeah. He got Darian Kennard real good, I remember one time. I think I really do. I think that Brenton Cox Jr. is a pretty decent edge rusher, but somehow he's still at Florida. Uh, somehow Ventrell Miller, the linebacker, oh is God, also still at Florida. I think he, eight years. I think he's on his seventh year. I really do. I think yeah. he's on his sixth or seventh year. Let's They've got Troy Dean and Rashad Torrance as well in the secondary who are uh, some NFL caliber players. They've got a lot of guys. And for Billy Napier taking over at Florida, it's going to take a lot to turn that into wins. But in terms of NFL draft talent, there's a lot there. I think that there are a lot worse teams and rosters that you could take over when you are a brand new head coach. So I got Florida at number five. They're really in that, um, I'll say probably third tier of teams, you know, with Florida, Texas A&M, LSU, Notre Dame, they're probably all in that four team bucket there um, that you could probably mix and match any way, shape or form. So we got a number four. This is where I think it gets interesting because I think we've got the same four teams but I wonder what the order is. Ventro Miller got to Florida in 2017. Dude, if you told me 2011, I would have believed you. He's, I mean, he's going to be a 24-year-old prospect, which isn't unheard of. Um, it's pretty rare for an SEC guy, though, to be a 24-year-old prospect. That's, man, that's crazy. All right, I'll, I'll stop distracting us from the more important things. Number four for me, Trevor, which I'm, I kind of have a feeling it's the same for you as Clemson. Okay. Um, now, this is another big three kind of situation. Clemson, be warned, like AM, is always going to have guys that just haven't played yet, that were big-time recruits, that are going to break out and be a part of the draft scene. And you just haven't seen them before this year. But three guys we have seen that them alone propelled them into the top five, top four. Miles mm-hmm. Murphy, Trenton Simpson, and Brian Brzee. Yep. Now, I will say this. And Brazil's had a tough deal with it, with the health. Um, I do think Murphy and Simpson are significantly better prospects at the moment than him. And I'm shocked at how rare I see it that way. I think Brazil has a little bit of living off that number one overall recruit billing so far. And he's had big flashes on tape. He's a good player. Yeah. But I, like, I'm not putting him in the top 10 of like a mock draft is what I'm trying to say. At the yeah, moment and right now. when we went through the He's episode... He's really on, good, though, and healthy. When we went through the episode on Monday, and I had Rizzi at 10, I even told you, I was like, I, I, didn't, was I surprise. didn't really think that he was going to be a top 10 player for me. I had him at 20. the athletic ceiling of what this dude's able to do, mm. that heavily influenced what I... What I emphasized in a, in a top in a preseason top fifty, and I think that that's what a lot of people look look at with Brzee, and especially with Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator at Clemson, former defensive coordinator at Clemson, who is now the head coach at Oklahoma. With him not being there anymore, he asked a lot of his defensive line guys to yeah. slant and stunt and take up multiple blocks and free up things for strong safeties or nickel defenders or linebackers to be able to make plays behind them. And so I think that there is this, this thought of an untapped potential and hopefully Brzee is going to be put in more of a one gap penetrating position this season to where we get to see that athleticism kind of turn into backfield production. So I think that that's a reason why he's on here. I have, I have Clemson at number four as well. So I'll just piggyback before we move on to number three, the other two guys that I have on this list, I, I don't know if you named them, but Tyler Davis, the other interior defensive lineman who I think is a good prospect in this upcoming draft class. And then we didn't mention DJ Uyunglele, where it's kind of crazy. Yeah. DJ, I mean, DJ w- was bad last year. I yes. Mean, there's, there's no way around it, but he was, really good in those first two games that we saw him in relief for Trevor Lawrence the year before there was a lot of hype with him going in I know he was dealing with a lot of stuff both on and off the field last year so it's not crazy to think that Uyunglele could have a really nice season coming up so I want to throw him in there as well because he is draft eligible now and for as much as we love the what have you done for me lately and if you fail me once I'm throwing you to the curb as a prospect we're on to the next guy if he bounces back, he could potentially be another quarterback in this really sure. stacked quarterback class. So add him in there as well. That's why I got that at number four. Who you got at number three? I'll close the book on Clemson with this, especially for the Clemson fans listening. I think my 
original opening rant on them about being lower on Brzee is not about Brzee, but more of a compliment to how underrated I think both Miles Murphy and Trenton Simpson are. One player in Murphy, I have as a top 10 guy, Trenton Simpson, a top 15 guy. I just, mm-hmm. when I, I turned on the film, you expect one guy to pop and it's another two guys that look like the best players on the defense. So sure, I did want to get that in there. Um, okay. So number three for me is Ohio State. And uh, we're going to, okay. All right. Are we going to have the same exact top four? We're going to have the same exact top four. Okay. That's, a, I mean, that's. You guys should still listen to the rest of the podcast. Yeah. But we're going to have the okay. same exact top I mean, four. I mean, honestly, I, it's hard for it not to be. Yeah. Look at right. what's on paper here. Ohio yeah. State has my QB1 in CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. They have my wide receiver one in Jackson Smith and Jigbo, which, now let me clarify both of those are close. Like, I think Bryce Young is pretty close to Stroud. I think that. Quentin Johnston is very, very close to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Extremely close. But Paris Johnson Jr. is a guy that I think is going to have a huge year in this offensive line class. They have Luke Weipler on the interior there. They have Zach Harrison, who should be a good day-two edge player with power. They have Cameron Brown. They just... It's Ohio State. What do you want me to say? No, right, right. It's Ohio State. They have athletes at every single position, but now they have a quarterback. And enough of the... Like, every time we talk about C.J. Stroud, I see it in the comments, and I understand, but it's getting old. Enough of the, like, you can't draft Ohio State quarterbacks. It's just enough. Like, Stroud individually is a really, really good prospect right now. Over, He's better than anybody that was in last year's draft already to, mm-hmm. on this day. So, Ohio State was a, a no-brainer number three for me. Uh, I did think they were, they had a puncher's chance at number two, but ultimately didn't get there. I always think the quarterback factory thing is very funny. Like as if we have like as if we have a ton of quarterbacks who always come from the same school, right? Dude, exactly. Look like, at the like, like like Tom Brady played at Michigan. Am I supposed to draft every Michigan quarterback? You know, like Peyton Manning played at Tennessee. Am I supposed to draft every Tennessee quarterback? You know, like Josh it's just, Allen and Mahomes. Right. It's just it's just it's always very funny because people tend to use and this is a this is a debate that has gone on forever people tend to use like Alabama and Ohio state and say like, well, their quarterbacks never pan out in the pros. It's like, okay. Are you, are, again, are you taking that logic and you're, and you, you put it to other teams? Like, again, are we supposed to draft every Michigan quarterback? Am I supposed to draft every Texas tech quarterback? Am I supposed to draft every Tennessee quarterback just because there have been good ones that have come out? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's funny how we people use that argument about schools when they want to say that they never succeed at a certain position when it's like, if one school has one hit, okay, are we just, is that the factory now? Because QB factories aren't really a thing no. unless it's for coaches. Which it's a totally. Maybe Oklahoma, you know, like you got Baker Mayfield, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Kyler Murray, yeah. you got Caleb Williams now. So it's like Lincoln Riley. I could understand that. A well, lot could, like, that's school. the one where I'm like actually looking and I'm like, well, <laughs> we've seen this enough. But, but, it's, it's, but it's always like the coach, I guess, is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it, it's so much more the coach than it is the, uh, than the school. Well, like what, what's anyway. his face at, at, um, that was at Duke. That's at Duke. What the, oh my God, it's driving me insane. That oh, I, um, David Cutcliffe, right? Cutcliffe. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, Cutcliffe is a guy that was billed as that. Understandably. Yeah, that, that was a big sell with Daniel Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, that he was a Cutcliffe guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So that that's a good point. I it's would believe that. I would. I'll just say that I, I the, the the helmet argument, the school argument. I I will not respect that argument ever. If you want to come to the table with me about coaches that have coached players and maybe they've been at a university for a long time, okay. Now we can maybe actually have a uh, have a conversation about it. So, anyways. That was a that was a tangent. I didn't think that I'd go on. I have Ohio State at number three as well. CJ Stroud, Jack Smith, and Jigba. They're very good. Paris Campbell or Paris Johnson Jr. They, I mean, they did Paris Campbell Paris was. They, they did have Paris Campbell. Spot of time. Uh, Zach Harrison, Dewan Jones. You mentioned some of the secondary players as well. Um, absolutely one of the most talented teams. Why don't you go right into number two before I do? So it's okay. not just you rereading the players that I reread. Yeah, all right. No, I, I figured because we got but we both got Georgia at number two, right? No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you Absolutely. that was good, son good of sell. a you, no, you got me. You got practicing me. for my acting career when this no, all fails. Yeah, it's taken, it's taken off. It's taken off. <laughs> uh, Georgia's at number two. Georgia, not as stacked as they were a year ago, but still obviously a very <laughs> hilariously loaded. Still, 
Yeah, no, it's so Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo. These are two guys were, that were in the top 10 of uh, NFLSC's big board. Nolan Smith, I have him as a top 20 prospect. Back to you had him a little bit lower, but you have Roger Johnson, I think, is a top 20 prospect. Or at least yes, I do. Guy. I think he's the best tackle in the draft, and he's barely played. So they far. got Arik Gilbert and Darnell Washington, both notable tight ends, and they, they, that's not even including the best tight end in the country in Brock Bowers, who we're not even allowed to talk <laughs> about because he's not even a draft eligible yet, which is stupid. Tyke Smith, Insane room. former uh, defensive back, like a nickel player who I think they're moving to safety this year, I guess is kind of the word. They got a couple okay. of running backs, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, who are talented as well out of the backfield. So uh, Stetson Bennett, if you want to mention Stetson Bennett, you can mention Stetson Bennett. I, pr- I probably I, would not. You don't have to twist my arm. I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, George is at number two. Insanely talented football team. And it's crazy to think that they are still number two on this list while losing Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and Trayvon Walker and Lewis Seen and George Pickens and uh, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker and N'Kobe Dean and uh, Jamari Salyer. Like, I, I just named off so many damn football players that they lost from the year before, and I still have them at number two on this list. So it's pretty crazy, uh, the talent factory that is the Georgia Bulldogs now. Can I play age trivia again? How old do you think on this Halloween Stetson Bennett will be? Um, I would guess 24. 25. His birthday is October 28th. That's tough. Hey, happy early 25th birthday, though, to Stetson Bennett. Yes. I mean, there was a time where he was three years into his college career, and he was Jake Fromm's backup. Wow. <laughs> Your no face is priceless. Way. Priceless. Hey, man. <laughs> they got an old grizzly vet back there with a ton of talent around him. You thought Jake Fromm was old. Crazy, brother. All right. All right. Number one. Number one. Yeah. I, is anyone surprised? It's it's chalky, but it's the truth. I'm sorry. I could list their whole roster, but I'll just try to condense it into this group. Alabama, Bryce Young. Jameer Gibbs, who transferred there. Eli Ricks transferred there. They have Jermaine Burton, Cameron Latu at tight end, Javion Cohen. Uh, on their, this is on their offensive line now. Emil Ikior. Ikior, hopefully I said that right. Ikior Jr. Defensively, Will Anderson, the best player in the country, best prospect in the country, Henry yeah. Tuatua. And then in the defensive backfield, uh, both Brian Branch and Jordan Battle. It's funny... I have Alabama you, you number one. You, you, didn't even, you didn't even mention Malachi Moore, too, who is draft eligible. It's nuts. Malachi Moore was nuts as a freshman, and then he was hurt a bunch last year, and so like he was in and out of the lineup and everything. But like I remember watching Malachi Moore, and I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's going to be really good. I honestly forgot about him when making and this list. Branch ended up taking his spot at nickel because he just wasn't playing well. I think yeah, I really do think that he was hurt last year. But if he's fully healthy, I mean, like that – Secondary is nuts for Alabama. And it always is, dude. They, they're just loaded. They get smart players. They get athletes. Their corners are usually uh, longer guys that can run. I was laughing going through our YouTube comments because there's always a lot of good stuff to, to banter with in there, respond in there, or at least read it for your own laughs. And it's all usually good comments. Somebody listened to our, our safety show. Uh, completely ignored the fact that I had Jordan Battle, I think is the best, second best safety in this class. Completely ignored the fact of how many Alabama players have been in my top five. Said that guy in the blue hat, and I had my Rangers hat on, mm. isn't even, uh, he was mad I was low on Brian Branch, whatever mm. that means. So the quote, though, was this is an incredible comment. And if it was a bit, hats off to you, sir. You won the comment section. <laughs> guy in the blue hat isn't even the best reporter on his own podcast. Wow. <laughs> I've never been a reporter in my life. Anonymously, I agree. You know, oh, anonymously. Man. Anonymously. It was great. Hey, you had Brian Branch <laughs> early. You win. <laughs> the, the best reporter on his own podcast. That is funny. That is fun. Dude, I, I do think I liked it. It was great. I do I do always love those because like people think that jab is always like a, such a major burn. Like, like a, if you like owned. But yeah, like like if you were to like if you were to compliment Clay Thompson or whatever. Like remember when just Clay was like going off? Like Clay was oh, yeah. like peak Clay. Some people would be like, dude, Clay is the best 
spot shooter in the NBA. They'd be like, Clay Thompson is the best spot shooter in the NBA. And somebody would be like, yo, he's not even the best on his own team. And it's like, do you think that's a burn? The other guy in the team that you're referencing the is the greatest shooter of all time. Shooter of all time. Like, so I, I don't know. I just, they that, told that, me Steph Curry couldn't shoot. <laughs> I want, I like working it into every show. Every it show. Is, it is one of the greatest tweets. They told me Pat time. Mahomes couldn't throw down the field. They told me Pat Mahomes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they told me Pat Mahomes was, couldn't. Yeah, that's it. They said Tyreek Hill wasn't fast. Yeah. It's just, I, it's amazing. Well, I, I could have sworn Tyreek Hill wasn't fast. I feel like that would be a dangerous bit to start just replicating on Twitter. Yeah. Real yeah, we can get in, yeah, we'll we just get we'll just keep it for the podcast. It'll be yeah, that'll be yeah, it's for the addicts only. Yeah, it's for the addicts. All right, so Alabama's obviously uh at number one there. Let's round out the show. Actually, before we round out the show, I forgot. I gotta uh I gotta remind the people about our new sponsor because this is such a damn cool idea. We actually just got our logins for it and I've been playing around with it and it's awesome. Newest partner. Listen to this, guys. Revolutionizing the world of sports betting and fan engagement by making sports fandom profitable okay that company is symbol s-i-m-b-u-l-l all one word the stock market of sports symbol was a pfs sponsor last year and they're back again for this football season symbol lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even earn cash dividend payouts when your team wins symbol took the thrill of sports betting and combined it with the profitability of the stock market to give you a platform where fortune favors the fan. It's exactly what you think. If you're looking at preseason bets right now, you can see exactly what a team would be quote unquote trading for. And if you think they're going to have a better year than what's expected, you can buy them. Now you can really cash out, download the symbol mobile app for iOS searching S I M B U L L in the app store. Use the promo code N F L S E once again to help out this podcast receive a free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. The PFF team is even getting in the symbol market themselves this season. I just got my login. I've been playing around with it. I've been looking at some teams that are juicy. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the Jets. Jets look a little bit low. Jets look a little bit low, Connor. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about taking a bet here because when yeah. Zach Wilson comes back, I think they're going to be all right. Let me tell you about investing hope into the New York Jets. A memoir. <laughs> All right, maybe not the Jets, but no, I am going to we'll find see. some we'll team. See. I am going to find some team that uh, that that they have oh, a little bit lower than I. You have to do. Think that they're they're that they should be that they're going to finish with whatever it is. You can buy it and sell it anytime. Download the app uh, to compete against us. Tell us about it in the comments section. Tell us about all the money that you're winning, or you could tail our teams as we kind of get into the season. Download the app, create a free account, use promo code NFLSE, get a uh, free stock valued up to one hundred and fifty dollars, and compete against the NFL Stock Exchange podcast this season in symbol that's fun dude i'm ex- i'm i'm really excited for that that's gonna that's be fun. super fun start the show and like go back and forth with you yeah. seeing like who's who actually won more money this week i'd love for as many of the listeners to get on as possible because that'd be fun to have them go back it's and like that well. that meme from the onion that said like man who thought he lost all hope loses additional hope he didn't even know he had that's <laughs> me with the jets all the time Okay, that's funny. All right, let's uh, let's end the show here. Going yeah. through the college football schedule. Now that we have our teams that we've talked about that we believe are the most talented, rich in terms of 2023 NFL draft guys, some uh, draft matchups that we have throughout the year. We won't we won't start at week zero. We'll start at week one. I'm wondering if there's a main matchup because I know at the beginning of the season it's going to get a little rough. The one I go to though, Oregon heads to Georgia Hell to start yeah. to start the season week one. That one's going to be huge. Oregon's a team that was just kind of outside of my top 10. Georgia, obviously, the number two team for us. Um, if you see one, just feel free to shout out Utah for, for in Florida. Utah was in – Utah and Florida were both in your top 10. Florida was in my top 10 when it comes to most NFL draft talent. Utah is the seventh-ranked team in the country. They're going to the Swamp, so it's going to be a great test for all the draft prospects, Dude. too. So I think those are probably the two best ones. How about the Fighting Irish going to Ohio State? Oh, my goodness. I'm scrolling down, and you're right. I mean, That's the one. They were both in our top 10s for That's the draft. The That's the one. But the storyline of Marcus Freeman, who played for Ohio State, played linebacker for Ohio <laughs> State, leading the Irish into Buckeye land with all of those draft prospects on the field and so the stakes so high in the college football world. This is yep. like 
This is everything you want. Like, if you're a college football fan, you love this game. If you're one of the millions of fans of Notre Dame or Ohio State, the massive fan base, I've been lucky enough to go to both campuses for games. I've seen uh, USC at Notre Dame, and I've seen Michigan at Ohio State. And wow. both lived up to the hype. Like, like incredible college fans, uh, locations, atmosphere, everything. So this is going to be unbelievable. All right. Do we, I mean, do we have potential for like the perfect Saturday? Oh, uh, no. Okay. We don't have a noon. We don't have a major noon game. There's got to be something that's at least intriguing to freaks like us. There's like somebody playing that matters. I mean, nothing, huh? I mean, NC State plays, Michigan plays, Texas AM plays, but they don't play anybody. Are you or... a YouTube TV guy? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Me too. Did yeah. you see the news? Oh, the quad box it? What is it, Mosaic Mode? No, I think that's the name. I don't know. I somebody, mean, somebody from Apple came over and they're like, "We're gonna call it Mosaic." So yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, yeah. give it something fancy. It. Just give me four games. That yeah, I can watch. just call it four games in a box. <laughs> Literally, just call it that. It's just for sports fans, anyways. That's it. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia, Oregon's at three thirty. Uh, Florida, Utah's at seven, and Notre Dame, Ohio State's seven thirty. Oh God, yeah. finding time for dinner is gonna be hard. That's like really unbelievable. That is real, a the maximum seamless DoorDash. Real, real pizza hours, Uber brother. Eats. Yes. Real pizza hours. Week two, we have Alabama and Texas. I mean, Alabama's, I don't think Alabama's going to throttle Texas. Well, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Mean, I mean, look, you're right, but I, I, I don't think we're finding anything better in week two. Isn't it? You know, Florida that? plays Kentucky, dude. What okay, is Florida's schedule? Good. What the hell? Isn't it so funny how? I think Alabama, Texas is college football, like comes smoking out of the gate sometimes. And then there's like a weird week in September where there's not a single good game. It happens every single year, every year. I think it's usually week two or three. I can't remember. Well, we're on, we're on week three now, unless you saw something on week two. No, I didn't. Uh, So there it is. Okay. Well, I kind of took a dump on Alabama, Texas. I'm sorry about that. Texas. That's that's the best game. Yeah. Repent. Is it a good game? Repent or we're not going to let you watch it. Oh no! <laughs> We've got week three. What a threat! Week three: Georgia, South Carolina, at South Carolina. Not bad. Okay. Um. Wow, this, week three is thin. This might be the week. Thin. I mean, Oregon plays BYU. Uh, Penn State at Auburn's interesting. Is Penn State at Auburn a better matchup? For NFL draft talent? It's okay. It's okay. Auburn's defense is going to be good to watch. Joe Porter Jr. Miami at Texas A&M, my guy. I like that a lot. Because if Van Dyke yeah. has success against the A&M defense, rocket ship stock watch. Like, that is, that is people true. People will talk about him like crazy. Am I sleeping on anybody at Miami? Hold on. I'm looking at Miami's prospect. They got Zion. Ah, oh, but then yeah, it really drops off with guys who are the tight end, Mallory, right? Mallory's Will... in here. Yeah, Will Mallory's yeah. in here. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. No, All right, you're right. So, all right. Do we want to go Miami at Texas AM? Or what was the other one? Shit, what was the other one I said? Is it well, we right? were talking about Penn State. Oh, off, South but Carolina. I, I, Georgia I and South that. Carolina. Uh, Georgia and South Carolina okay. is mm. Jaheim Bell, Cam, Cam Smith. Smith, Spencer Rattler. Oh, I keep forgetting about jo- Rattler. Josh Van, their wide receiver. And then Georgia, which is must-watch TV. I think it's South Carolina. I agree. I think we got to go South Carolina. All right, do you have do you have week four up? I'm filling out the sheet. Can you read week four? Yeah. I'm, there wasn't a uh, – actually, no. You have Wisconsin at Ohio State. Okay. All right. I don't hate it. Clemson plays Wake Forest. Mm. Mm. Florida plays at Tennessee. Oh, she's mm. had the same reaction. Mm. Arkansas at AM. Oh, which dude, is Alabama. Alabama There's Vanderbilt. a lot of good college football games that week. They're there not is. really great draft meetups for the most part. I yeah. think Wisconsin, Ohio State. Yep. That was that was the one what I opened think? with. I yeah. I, it's what it's looking like. Man, by the way, shout out to not for draft purposes for the most part, but how about Nebraska versus Northwestern in Dublin? Oh, sad yeah. I, sad I can't make that trip. 
um but that it's, it's <laughs> yeah, something I bet, that yeah, i bet you are <laughs> but Me man too, that's something, brother that's something that they need to do every sad single I year sad i can't make that trip he said sad i can't <laughs> Next time, uh, an inside joke on this podcast is now going to be: sad. anytime something awesome happens, I'm sad, just going to be sad like, "I can't be there." Damn, sad I can't make the trip. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's going to be like the like the, the the final four or something like in college basketball. Sad, I, I won't be, like, be there. Yeah, sad I can't be. There. <laughs> like, like any of us had a damn shot of going to Dublin to watch. Nebraska Northwest. Hey, man, I wouldn't rule it out completely. Shorter flight than people realize. That's true. All right, week five. Alabama, Arkansas. It's going to be tough to beat that. Yeah. Clemson, NC State. Uh, Devin Leary. I haven't. Mm, I'm looking at some not so. I'm not even like, I'm to the point where I'm not reading them, the lack of excitement the games I'm seeing. Kentucky, Old Miss. Okay. Maybe Kentucky Old Miss. Mm, yeah. I mean, by default, right? Mm. We're not really. Uh, I'd probably rather watch Alabama, Arkansas, to be honest with you. Yeah. Jalen Catalan, Catalan versus, show. versus yeah. everyone. Jalen Catalan versus the world. The Jon Snow meme. That's Jalen Catalan against Alabama. All right. Alabama at Arkansas for week five, week six. Oh, Alabama, Texas A&M. That's probably going to be it. God, we're going to have Alabama on here so many times. Georgia and Auburn is that week? Damn. It's a good week. Yep. Texas, Oklahoma is that week? Oh, boy. Clemson versus Philly, Dracovic at Boston College. Kentucky, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler versus Will Levis. Look at this slate, my guy. I got my week seven game. I think Alabama Texas A&M and it has to be 100%. Uh yeah, what is your week what is your week 7 game then? USC at Utah. I think that's the best one. You are 100% correct and I'm about to rant on something once I finish typing Please. this in. Okay, so the PFF college Twitter account tweeted out my top 6 prediction that I had in the preseason cuz they were asking us for that. Do you get yeah. roasted? And I have, so I have, this is, a, this, is a, this is a college football playoff prediction. And I have Alabama at one. I have Ohio State at two. I have USC at three. I have Clemson at four. I have Michigan at five. And I have Georgia at six. Now, this okay. is a college football playoff prediction, okay, people? People are coming after me about USC. And they're like, how in the world is USC in here? Why is USC in here? USC was... F- a couple of people are saying like, oh, they were four and eight last year. You're going to have them going to college football playoff. They were four and eight last year with Clay Helton and then a defensive backs coach who became the interim head coach and Keaton Slovis is their quarterback. What am I supposed to correlate that with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and the Bolitnikoff winner coming in? Use like use your head. Basically, we're at a point where some people are like, how are they better than Oregon? Okay, Oregon's okay, but they also have a brand new head coach. And who am I going to trust? Caleb Williams, who had a stretch where he looked like the Heisman winner when he came in over Spencer Rattler, or Bo freaking Knicks? I'm going to pick Caleb Williams, especially with the same coach coming in to USC and the talent that they have at USC. Utah is very good, but Utah lost some good football players last year. And again, what, what gets to the college football playoff? Path quarterback, head coach. Those are the things that get you to the college football playoff. USC basically has to just survive to get to the Pac-12 title, I think, against Utah. That's it. I don't believe they play Utah in the regular season. They do. USC goes to Utah week seven. I think they lose. I'm I'm an idiot here. So basically, (laughs) you're in a situation where USC's entire college football playoff hopes could potentially just lean on one game. One game. Probably. And it's Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams throwing the ball to Jordan Addison. Like, if you want to say that Utah is going to win the Pac-12, that's fine. Like, you you could say that. But for people to act like USC, I don't know if you just – people out there just don't want to like USC and want USC to be bad forever because that might be the case. But I don't know what to tell you. Lincoln Riley has been one of the best head coaches in all of college football for the last five years. He's coached two Heisman Trophy winners – 
He's coached Jalen Hurts, who's been a damn good quarterback, who's turned into a damn good pro quarterback as well. Had one of those potent offenses every single year, no matter what offensive players he has around him. Now he's going to USC. He's got the same exact quarterback he had last year that put on prolific numbers in some games. And he's adding the top receiver in college football last year. USC is going to be good. I just I just had to rant that. I don't no, know. No, I'm glad you did. My, defend those, defend those your honor. Things. Defend your, your honor, your family's honor, Marvel's so, honor. So yeah, USC at Utah. This game could basically be for a college football playoff spot. Right Probably here. because Notre Dame goes to USC at the end of the year. So and right. you just never know what they're gonna look like. They're right. always super unpredictable. So I know we're getting very college football y right now, but it's uh, I'm glad we don't really get to do this a lot. We won't really do this a lot during the season. We'll be very draft and NFL focused. Maybe, and we'll if, I, dabble. maybe if I feel compelled, like I just was. Well, yeah, this is a good time to do it. I I really like Utah. I think that's shined through on my draft analysis, but you're a hundred percent right that that game probably decides who goes. Right. Honestly. Right. And then Oregon's hanging around there too. Oregon's absolutely a threat. So they're hanging around there too, but that game is just gigantic. Uh, for week eight, we got Mississippi State at Alabama. We'll 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 finish that. Texas A and M South Carolina. That might be the biggest one for NFL draft implications. Texas Oklahoma State. Nah. Ooh, Ole Miss LSU. Not bad. Okay. I still think it's probably. Oh wait, Ohio State and Iowa. I think it's got to be Ohio. Yes, State, there Iowa. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So it's tough because we just end up repeating so many teams. Right, Na- but naturally, we're, we're, naturally, we're just, you know, we're giving people we're highlighting the schedule. We're just highlighting the schedule out here. Week nine, um, A and M plays Ole Miss. Yeah, week nine's a little tough. Ooh, Florida, Georgia. Week nine's rough. Brother. It's a little rough. Ohio State, Penn State. It's a little rough. Yeah, I guess Ole Miss at A and M. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it. I don't know who else we put here. Ohio State, Penn State, Florida, mm. Georgia. Florida, Georgia. Oh. Florida, Georgia. Oh, yeah, it's Florida, Georgia, 100%. In a runaway. Week, Week 10, 10. Cl- clearly Michigan at Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably be there. <laughs> I wish, re- I, I, wish, wish, wish I could be there. Wish, you, <laughs> wish I could make that trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish you could make the trip. Florida Wish A&M. I didn't feel so obligated to. Ooh, Baylor, Oklahoma. Uh, that's, that's a good. That's a good college football match. Oh no. Good... Clemson going to South Bend. Oh, that's, that's on a, this one. That's a beautiful yep, game. Yep, yep, yep. Alabama goes nice. to Baton, Alabama goes to Baton Rouge. Oh, that's a good one too. Week ten is hot. Week ten is hot. Spread I guess I'm out, not going to Michigan Rutgers. I don't want to miss all these games. Damn. Okay. I think I'm still going with Clemson and Notre Dame. Am I crazy? No, no, no. That's 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 the one. Then yeah. week 11 is a bit of a come down. We we put Alabama enough. Put Alabama in there enough. Ugh. A&M Auburn. Not bad. Ugh. A&M Auburn's good. Don't come on. Come on. No, that's good. Come Stanford, on. Utah. Tanner McKee versus Utah's defense. That's a big moment. Don't sleep. They also have Kai Blue Kelly, the corner. You know yeah. what? Let's give let's give Stanford the shout out. Uh, baby carrot tight end. Who's baby carrot tight end? With a Y. Oh, oh. Ben, uh, you're a sec, right? You're a sec. <laughs> it's funny how you start to remember prospects in a class when you're still letting them seep into your brain full time. Oh, you absolute idiot. You're baby idiot. carrot. Week 12, we got three more weeks. Miami at Clemson. Ooh, Georgia. Oh, Ohio State, Maryland. Sneaky. Utah, that's a That's a sneaky one. Yeah. Utah, Oregon, Miami, Clemson. Ohio State, Maryland, I like a lot. I think you and I like that more than most people on this planet. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go with uh, Ohio State at Maryland. TCU, Baylor is a sneaky one. If Noah Daniels is still healthy. By week 12, then hell yeah. I hope. Let Me too. Hope. Me let too. Us, let us hope and pray. All right, 13. This is rivalry week, I think. Yes, it is. It is indeed. Ironically. Right. Notre Dame, USC. Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan, Ohio. Michigan, Ohio State. It's LSU, A&M is good. LSU, A&M is good. 
Yeah, but Michigan. Mm, yeah. I'm not saying it's better, but it's it's a good undercard. I think it's still Michigan Ohio State. I think we I still agree. I think we have to put Michigan Ohio State. Is it at Ohio State? Yeah, it's at Ohio State this year. This year. Mm-hmm. And then last one, week 14, right? Isn't there uh, one other week? Oh no, that was it. It's only yeah. 13, and then 14 is um, probably the Army Navy game. Uh, no, that's 15. Which Trevor by default wins its own week, not because it's the only game, but because Andre Carter matters a lot for this NFL draft. Very true. What a great way to what a great way to round out the show. There we go, folks. Those are the uh, top 10 teams as we see it. NFL draft talent wise going into the 2022 college football season and highlighting a couple of games for you guys every single week, just to give you a quick little preview of what's to come this college football season. Going to be exciting, man. A lot of, a lot of good concentrated team with, even though there are a couple of weeks in there that you go, ah, I think college football always delivers. College football will always deliver one way or the other. As we get through the season, as prospects are coming up, we get a lot of stock up on a lot of these players there's going to be even more interesting games to get to. And then it's, it's always an ebb and flow of college football, but there's a lot of really great matchups to look forward to this year. Dude, college football season's great. It's, you know why it's, I've gotten better at this over the years. And I'm sure you have too. When you get really busy with NFL coverage and all week and all that stuff and college football is so great to just like coast into obviously as much as you can. Yeah. But we know we're going to, watch all the games anyway for the draft so it's like i'm gonna rewatch that on, or i'm gonna watch that for the first time on coach's tape it's just it's the most to me and because i'm not a, a college football super fan and you know a lot of people that do this like us aren't we're fans of the game not like a super fan of a team it's such a great sport to coast into oh it's stress it's very stress-free for I, me I, which I, I know people listen to this are like you're insane i stress the most over college football no. for me it's the most stress-free sporting experience i have no waking up on a saturday is beautiful because i do a lot of uh i like can't N- lose nfl coverage for, for, for i can't lose i do a lot of nfl coverage for pff and obviously like we cover college ball and draft and so i i watch i pay attention but it's not like i have to go into saturdays thinking okay i have nebraska ohio state this week and i've got to write the recap of it like i don't have to i normally don't have yeah. to do recap stuff on saturdays so saturday is truly the day for me to just watch digest enjoy and hopefully that's literally what, digest as much football food as you can inhale mm. what a great what a great that's a fun show because like we said you know for people listening and we're always welcome to feedback in the comments this is we're never I welcome to feedback. I, we don't li- we don't listen. We just read it. We don't absorb any of it. No, I'm just kidding. It's not true. It's not true. We're not a college football show, but college football has such an importance to this show, yeah. if that makes right. sense. Right. We're going to have a good balance. We're always going to have a good balance. So I'm excited to cover these teams, excited to cover all the matchups that we have going into the season every single week of the year. Like Connor said, it's not like we're going to emphasize too heavily on the college football implications, but we're going to get into a lot of the water cooler conversations, I would say. The conversations that you're having with your friends, uh and family members about the sport and you know who's winning heisman who needs who's getting into the playoffs like a lot of that stuff we'll talk about that stuff naturally as we talk siaki ika run grades run stuff percentage siaki ika heisman odds i'll drive that train goal line back put him at top five before the season starts and then adjust it from there but like have him in the top five of the ballot goal line back let's do it I'm Trevor Sickle, but that's Connor Rogers. We'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast.